Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today, we are lucky enough to be joined by Emma Straub, the New York Times bestselling novelist of The Vacationers, Modern Lovers, and her most recent book, All Adults Here. She's also an owner of the amazing local bookstore in Brooklyn, Books Are Magic. I'm Vanessa Zoltan, and this is Hot and Bothered. So, Emma, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to come and speak with us today. We're really excited to have you. Thanks for having me. So we are here to talk about Nobody Can See Me, but I'm holding up (laughs) the beautiful cover to your book, All Adults Here. And we are here to talk about it because the paperback recently came out. And I was wondering if you could just tell us about the book. I read it and I mean... I hate to admit that I gasped at like there's a there's a twist on page like 15. Like you think you know what kind of book you're reading. And then there's a a twist at the beginning and you're like, oh, I'm reading a totally different kind of book. (laughs) This is awesome. So I was wondering if you could just tell us about it and what made you want to write this book? Sure. Well, first of all, thank you. Um, You know, I have a feeling that this is sort of the the conversation that we're going to have over the next hour about like what <laughs> what people expect by books that look a certain way and that kind of thing. So All Adults Here is a novel about a family in the Hudson Valley. It's about this sort of slightly stuffy matriarch Astrid and her three adult children and her grandchildren as well. And really, it's about how hard it is to be in a family and how none of us are ever really done evolving and changing and becoming who we are. And that's hard. That's hard to do. That's what it's about, I guess. So I do want to talk about this idea of women's fiction. I watched a clip of you on the Today Show where you were given the opportunity to recommend books and you decided to recommend books by women. And I I have my first book coming out. Yay! But they sent me the cover and it's beautiful. But I was like, oh, we've given up on men reading this book. I see. And so I'm wondering how you feel about that. And, and really as a bookstore owner, like how do you shelve And like, I love a romance section. And I'm wondering, as we continue to queer things, should I not love a romance section? Should romance novels just be with like all fiction? And so what are your thoughts on your book and sort of the covers and whether or not it's thought of as women's fiction? 
and then we can talk about maybe shelving. So, so book covers have always been really important to me. I mean, my husband designs book jackets. So when my first novel was coming out, I said, okay, whatever you do, I just don't want a woman's face on the cover. Mm-hmm. Visual, visual. Okay. It's a big old, big old woman's face. <laughs> For those of you who obviously couldn't see it, the entire cover is just one woman's face. It is a (laughs) close-up of a woman's face. And, you know, at the time, we had a lot of of conversations about, like, what you were just saying about your book, where I was like, oh, I get it. Like, it was a lot of me, like, newly understanding how it was going to go. Maybe writers who write specifically in a certain genre, they probably have a clearer idea of how their books are going to be perceived and read. But I think if you're if you're writing sort of literary fiction or you're like, I'm writing a novel, you really don't know how people are going to read it until you fork it over. And I mean, I love my book jackets and I think that they suit me personally. And I think they suit my books. And I do sometimes feel like my books, because they look a certain way, that sometimes people don't really consider what's inside them the same way. Like Modern Lovers got four starred reviews and like, you know, Michiku Kakutani wrote me this like glowing review that I wanted like, you know, tattooed on my forehead. Yep. And still it's like summer beach reads, you know, and I'm like, okay, fine. You know, yes, it is. It's like, it's fun. And, and I like, thank you. But also winter fireplace reads. Right. You know, I do sometimes feel that because my books are colorful and look like a good time, that people don't take them seriously, which makes me mad. And that, you know, some of that definitely does have to do with the book jackets. But then again, from the bookstore side of it, I can tell you a thousand percent that more women buy books than men and that book covers are really important and really do sell it. And like, you know, I feel like I'm in this funny zone where like, I don't go to that website that starts with an A and ends with an N. I don't go there because it's the bad, bad place. But I, I did end up there somehow fairly recently. And the like top review for all adults here, it was a one star review. And it said, this book has cursing and gay marriage. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, true, true, both. But I do think that, you know, part of the rub of having sort of candy colored books that are, you know, being marketed toward like, let's just really overgeneralize here and say like, you know, middle-aged moms in book clubs. Me. Right. And me too. But that like, there's a lot of stuff in my books that depending on what those moms in those book clubs are like, that they might leave me a one-star review and be like, gay marriage. I mean, there's gay marriage in all adults here. There's gay marriage in Modern Lovers. There's gay marriage in The Vacationers. I don't think there's any gay marriage. There are gay people, but no gay marriage in Laurel Mont. So yeah, that's like, you know, four for four for five of my books has gay marriage. <laughs> Yeah. That's a pretty good, that's a B minus. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that there are some women writers 
who have escaped this. But they're few. But they are few. And I, I mean, I have to assume that it is pure tenacity on the part of those writers that keeps it thus. For those of you who haven't, the Jennifer Weiner op-ed on this that came out a few years ago is just fantastic. Yeah. And like, I actually don't hate Jonathan Franzen, but like whenever you look at Freedom and you look at the cover of one of her books and then you read the insides of both and you're like, oh, these are completely similar. Yeah. Like the covers are just mind boggling. I'm wondering about you as a bookstore owner. So you own this amazing bookshop, Books Are Magic in Brooklyn. And I'm wondering, do you have a romance section? We do. God bless you. We do. And, you know, it's interesting. Whenever we add a new section, it's hard to figure out exactly what should live in it. You know, we added like a true crime section. We added like a science and nature section. We added an LGBTQ section. Like sometimes you're like, okay, well, this book could go in like four different places in the store. So where do we put it? Like your book could go in at least three different places. Yeah. Yeah. But, but with romance, when we started to build it, we were like, yeah, like Jane Eyre, like what goes in there? Does Pride and Prejudice go in there? Like who goes in there? But I think what we've, what we've come to is that like, you want to put the book primarily in the place where someone is going to look for it first, right? That it's not about right. us putting labels on things. It's about us helping people find something in the store. So now our romance section is, you know, newly published books that are categorized as romance. And it started really because we had some booksellers who were romance readers. Like, I don't think I read a romance novel I mean, aside from when I was like 12 and like Mm -hmm. very curious, um, I didn't read romance until a couple of years ago and I had gotten to know like B and Leah who run the ripped bodice and like Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I had friends who were reading romance novels and I was like, oh, I guess I need to read some romance novels and see what's what. And of course they're fabulous. And so now, you know, I'm one of our romance readers at the store, but yeah, we didn't have a romance section until that, which is often how things go at the bookstore. Like we had a good poetry section, but then, you know, you have more poets on staff and your poetry section gets a lot better. (laughs) And, you know, like now we have a translated literature section because we have a bunch of people who really love to read books in translation. So I think of the romance section as something like that, where it's something that sort of grew, grew organically. So one of the definitions, as I'm sure you know, of a romance novel is the HEA, the happily ever after. And you write fantastic endings. I mean, like, Like, really? And I'm wondering how you think, because they're not happily ever after. They are like compromisedly (laughs) peaceful ever after. I'm wondering how you think about the endings of your books without spoiling them. I mean, I guess my HEA is more like hopeful ever after. You know, that like my books are optimistic I think they are full of like, you know, real relationships and complicated feelings and, you know, not everything is perfect, but I do 
I guess my feeling about novels is that you can end something at any point, unless you're writing a book about the apocalypse and then it's like, now we're all dead at the end. Like, unless that happens, like, you know, the presumption is that life goes on. My dad is a novelist and he writes very different kind of books than I do. His books have a lot of, you know, serial killers and murder and abuse and lots of stuff. That whole thing. That whole thing. And he makes fun of me for my hopeful endings, but I just can't help it. Like my feeling is that you can end a book anywhere, you know, like the story could be finished at a different point, but like, I just, I I like that little uplift. I do. It's really like, I, I I really, I can't help it. (laughs) I'm addicted to it. I really am. I mean, like, you know, it's funny that, so I'm, I just finished a draft of a new novel. Congratulations. Thanks. Thanks. And it's a very different kind of novel than, than I've written before. And yet it's still true. Like it's, I would say it's like sadder than my previous books, except maybe Laura Lamont, which is as of right now, Laura Lamont is the outlier because it's historical and all my other books are contemporary. And when I was writing that one, I actually, when I finished it, I said to my dad, dad, like, I am just like killing so many people in this book. You're going to love it. And he said to me, Emma, are you killing them or are they just dying? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, dad. I'm not murdering them. They're dying. They're just dying. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Can I posit a theory to you about the endings of your books? Yeah, please. Something that I see is consistent across the three novels of yours that I have read is that you believe that people can misunderstand each other and that the hopeful endings are about people figuring out how to reconnect with one another. And that to me just seems true. And like, (laughs) even if you ended the books on the next misunderstanding and the next moment of isolation and feeling as though you're lonely and don't want to connect with somebody as long as you go through that moment of reconnection at some point like that's still hopeful right people find each other again and people do feel connected again that seems to me a fact of life that people misunderstand each other and then find each other again I hope so so that is how I read your books yeah well I thank you I think that's a very nice way to read them and I hope that that's true You know, I think that, you know, if you look at your life and all of your relationships, there will be ones where you feel at different points of that continuum of like, like satisfied reconnection to like hopeless, oh God, this thing is lost forever. You know, whether it's a, a romantic relationship or a platonic relationship or a familial relationship, whatever. So I think that writing is, I mean, in some ways people have a choice, right? What they write, but in other ways also, I really don't think so. Like, I think that I could try to write a book with murder, you know, but ultimately it would still be that. It would still be me like trying to understand the world through that. (laughs) Right. And you do have some relationships that feel finally ended, right? It's like this relationship is bad for both of us. We should not be in contact with each other. But even those, it feels like that allows somebody to reconnect with somebody else, right? These ecosystems are complicated, and but I believe in the human capacity to connect. So I don't think that they are overly hopeful, but... <laughs> 
Thank you, Vanessa. <laughs> yeah. And my opinion matters as much as Machiko Kakatani. So for you're sure. Welcome. For I sure. Know. How many listeners does she have to her podcast? <laughs> Zero. Yeah. I don't think she has a podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You write a lot across race and gender and sexuality. And I'm wondering how you feel about doing that responsibly, what that means to you. Yeah. I've written about so many characters who are different from me in so many ways. But I would say that all of my characters always have more in common with me than they don't. I mean, you know, it's funny. I think the older that I get, the more responsibility I feel. I think that that's in part me understanding more that I have an audience and that I want to I want to make sure that what I'm putting out into the world is is authentic and yeah. not harmful and in addition to being pleasurable and you know moving or you know, whatever whatever else my goals are that those are also right. on there but i will also say that m- most of the time i don't worry about it very often or i hadn't worried about it very often until i had this trans kid character in this this most recent book. And that I really, really worried about. I mean, to me, you know, writing about adults, sexuality, you know, those are things that I understand, but I am a cisgendered middle-aged woman. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that I had to just really try my best to do it right. Um, you know, I had some trans friends read what I was writing. I watched a lot, a lot of really good videos on like Tumblr and YouTube of kids coming out. And God damn, I mean, I hope that all generations feel this way. And I think they do. Like, I think this is part of getting older. I hope if you're paying attention, you know, is that you look at the people younger than you and you see all of the ways that they are doing things so much better. I know. It's my favorite part about getting older. (laughs) It is. I'm like, what are you doing as a K-pop fandom? That's incredible. (laughs) Seriously. I know. Like we, like New Kids on the Block fans. I was going to make the same comment yeah like we all had matching pajamas as one another (laughs) and that is like where it stopped yeah 
we never rose up as an army nope. to do good in the world or to battle evil. Like, or to solve climate change. Right. But that's the thing, right? That is exactly it. That now teenagers and people in their 20s, to me, seem like superheroes. Yeah. And at the bookstore, you know, my husband and I are in our 40s. We have one manager who's also in their 40s, but everyone else is in their 20s or just over the hump into their 30s. Mm-hmm. And I mean, owning the bookstore has changed my life in a lot of ways, but one of the most meaningful ways to me as a person is that I have spent so much time with people in their 20s, yeah, which I hadn't since I was in my 20s, really. Right. And just to see up close how these smart, amazing young people, just like how they think about gender, how they talk about gender, how they talk about sexuality. It feels almost like I got new glasses. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? That make me see things more clearly. I lived in college dorms throughout most of my 30s as what's called called proctors. And so I lived with 18 year olds. So, you know, it's that Matthew McConaughey joke of I get older, but I stay the same age. And they did. It was just such a gift. I like I was at Harvard, but the best education I got was definitely from the students, the 18 year olds teaching me up. It sounds so lame, but it is like absolutely true. I, I think it doesn't sound lame. Like I think that the place where adults get in trouble is when they don't believe that that's how things happen. You know, I think that there are a lot of, let's just say men, but also people uh, (laughs) in the world, you know, you know, who looks at the way things have changed and says like, ugh, that's not how they did it in my day, you know? Right. But I think that for those of us who want to keep evolving and keep improving, that's the way to do it. Yeah. So the first season of Hot and Bothered was all about encouraging people to write romance novels as a spiritual practice, like really as an act of self-care. And I'm wondering, as a writer, do you feel as though writing can be an act of self-care? And what what relationship do you have to writing? Obviously, it's more complicated for you. Well, I mean, it's complicated in that, like, I get paid to do it and I don't get paid if I don't do it. So there's that. But yes. Like this year, I was home alone with my children from March until like September, basically, because my husband was at the bookstore all day, every day, like, you know, for 10 hours a day. And obviously it wasn't safe to have like childcare. So it was just me and the kids for months and months and months and months and months. And so I... I mean, not only could I not like write fiction, but I also couldn't like see straight shower, you know? Yeah. And I really missed it. I really missed it. And so as soon as we were able to have some childcare and he was able to be at the bookstore less because um, our whole staff was able to be back and then school, like, you know, they were in school at least (laughs) like one of them was in school all the time. The other one was in school some of the time, you know? the fabric of life had been sewn back together a little bit and I was so happy to get back to work. Like it was amazing. And it felt 
sort of like it feels to read a book, you know, like it felt like I can go to this (laughs) other place. I can escape this room that I've been in nonstop and I can be in these other rooms and I can be with these other people and I can make things happen and I can just think about these other relationships, you know, and oh God. It was so nice. So yes, I 100% subscribe to your belief system that writing, just writing anything is self-care. Like it doesn't have to be a romance novel. Like it can be, it can be anything, anything that gives you pleasure. Like, man, yes, agree. Well, Emma, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. Everybody go buy Emma's book, All Adults Here in paperback or in hardback and buy any of her other books. They are (laughs) H-E-A books, even though they are not traditional romance novels. They're just hopefully ever after books. And go and browse the very browsable Books Are Magic website. (laughs) It's a fantastic bookstore. I'm so excited to be able to travel again and come back to Brooklyn and go to your bookstore. (laughs) Yes, please do. Please do. And I think that like, you know, that is something that is possible now that we were really missing for so many months is that like now, you know, writers do come and they sign their books and like they're able to have that moment where you like look at this stack of your books in a bookstore and that is meaningful and good. I meant as a shopper, but yes. Well, yeah. Okay. That too. You can also (laughs) buy things after you sign a stack of your books. Thank you so much. You're just so generous and wonderful and you've kept me a lot of company over the years. So thank you. This episode of Hot and Bothered was executive produced by Ariana Nettleman. We, of course, want to give a special thanks this week to Emma Straub. And this week's episode of Hot and Bothered is edited by Molly Baxter. Thank you so much, everybody. And we will talk to you in a few weeks. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.